Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation. Let's turn with me to Matthew 15. And uh, once you found it, will you stand for the reading of God's Word? Matthew 15, I want to just share just a couple verses of Scripture. Uh, in fact, Matthew 15 is kind of an awkward, uh, often misinterpreted conversation. But there's some things in there, and, and I want to say this and preface this up front. Uh, although I'm going to gear this message toward mothers, it's not gender specific. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? What I'm saying is, even though I'm going to gear it toward mothers today and talk a little bit more about uh, our mothers and our females, it's not gender specific. These principles work for all. So that, that means if you're a dad in here, you can still apply some of this, okay? But uh, I want to look at Matthew's Gospel, the 15th chapter, and I want to look at verse 21. Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre, Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed or vexed. Verse 23. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. For she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. <laughs> Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28 is where I want to point your focus this morning. Then Jesus, and Aunt Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that hour. Jesus answered her and said what? O woman, great is your faith. Only two times in Scripture did Jesus ever talk about great faith. This is one of them. Here's what you need to know about that word great. That word great is translated from a Greek word that we get mega. So what Jesus said to her is, is you have mega faith. So I thought I'd just title the message, and you know I don't ever title the message ever. Mom's mega faith. Mom's mega faith. Now, it's not gender specific because it can put a dad in there and a kid in there. But what I want to say this morning is we got some moms in this house who have mega faith to move things in behalf of the need of their life. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to celebrate moms. But, Lord, we thank you greater for the opportunity to celebrate you. We believe by your anointing you're going to equip us and empower us to receive exactly what we need today. May, may you add a blessing upon this time together that just leads us into a greater depth and a higher height of understanding and revelation of who you are. And may we all walk out of here in mega faith. I believe you're going to do something in a, in a unique way over the next few moments. And I'll give you glory and honor and praise in advance. So bless us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated just for a few moments. How many understand that this is kind of an awkward piece of Scripture? 
it's awkward because one Jesus has has drifted and moved outside of Jerusalem. He had found himself over in the Gentile land, and, and and it's kind of one of those conversations that if you look at it at face value, it seems or appears as if Jesus is very rude comes across as if Jesus has no compassion. It comes across almost, if you misinterpret some of it, that, that he really did not care. Now, I don't have all morning to go through the things that would help understand or bring understanding to what was being done there. There was a lot of things that were transpiring. One, Jesus was teaching his disciples. Number two, he was also testing her faith. But number three, uh, I really believe there's a, a word that we can get out of this that will help you and I. Now that being said, if you look at this, how many know there's some mamas in this room that know what it feels like when their kids are in trouble? How many kids in here know that your mom knows what you didn't tell her? Uh huh. How many, <laughs> how many kids in here know your mama's got eyes in the back of her head? She told you that and then she confirmed it with signs and wonders. <laughs> Am I right? Your mama can hear what you say in a closed door, behind a closed door. She hears you. Your mama's gifted. Your mama can perceive and discern your attitude just by looking at your face. How many have some mamas like that? (laughs) One of the great things about mothers, no different than this story, is that mothers understand when their children are in trouble. When you look at this story and you just look at it at face value without trying to dig into it too deep, what you understand is you've got a woman who's not in covenant. Not at this moment. The Bible says she's a Canaanite woman, which means she's a Gentile, which means she's not in covenant. She's not Jewish of descent. means her legacy does not qualify her at first to receive. But ladies and gentlemen, there's not a one of us in this room that was qualified to receive. Don't be too harsh on this. None of us were qualified. Whether Jew or Gentile, you still have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you look at this story, you've got a mother who's not in denial. Thank God we got some moms in this house who are not in denial that their children... I know you believe they're angels most days. (laughs) How many know there's some mamas in here that go, I know they're an angel when they want to be. And some days they can act like angels on Sunday. But some days during the week, they're not quite angels. Sometimes they sprout horns. Is any mamas in here that feel that way? Y'all not supposed to raise your hand. Your kid's sitting with you. Well, we let that secret out. But you understand what I'm saying? There's some days our kids are angels, and then other days they're not so much. She wasn't in denial. She understood that her daughter or son didn't give us a gender, but her chi- the child had some issues. Being demonically possessed. How many know that's kind of major? We're not talking about a headache. We're not talking about chronic fatigue syndrome. We're talking about a child that she's not denying has been possessed or vexed by demonic spirits. How many know that's a burden? Here you've got a woman from Canaan, and what she has is she has a daughter. I said not Genesis, but she has a daughter that that is severely. New King James says severely. How many understand what severely means? It means there are outward manifestations 
that a demonic spirit has taken control of her child. We've read scripture. We understand what demon possessed looks like. Sometimes demon possession would throw, throw them in the fire. Cause them to act unruly. Cause them to act as if they had no control. Why? Because they were not in control. The demonic spirit was in control. But here you have a mother who is consumed with a need and she's not denying it. She's realistic, isn't she? She's got a challenge. Her challenge is, I don't want my daughter to live this way. Now, she lived in a land where they didn't worship Jehovah God. She lived in an area where they did not have a relationship with God. They had a relationship with idols. It was full of idolatry. If you look at the Old Testament, they were, dis- they were supposed to be a destroyed race. Joshua was supposed to destroy the Canaanites, but he didn't get it all done. So here you have a woman who is coming up with a, a, a disproportionate opportunity. Because she doesn't have a right to have a breakthrough. She's not even positioned racially to have a breakthrough. But how many know when you got a need, you don't always follow the protocols? And some mamas in here that you know that when something's wrong, you don't always play by the rules. You don't always follow the mama's uh, manual for how to get a breakthrough. Because how many know when a mama gets desperate? Is that... Um, How many know when a mama gets desperate, the reasoning? We ain't playing like that. How many know what I'm talking about when I got some mamas like that? When you got a mama that diagnoses a need and it's severe, she ain't playing by the rule book no more. We need mamas like that. We need mamas that, that say, you know what, I am so desperate, I don't care what you think of me. I'm so desperate. That if you think I'm the one that's got the issue, then you judge me. But I'm in an altar interceding and praying and engaging for God to move in my children, whether they're 2 years old or 22 years old, don't matter to me. I don't think you understand. I'm a desperate mama, and a desperate mama will do what others don't think is acceptable. (laughs) See, I don't know. I think there's some women in here that don't care what you think. I think there's... (laughs) Uh huh. I think there's some mamas in here that do not care what you think because they're seeking for an answer for their child. See, you can't have mega faith unless you're desperate. That's male or female. You cannot have mega faith that moves God in your behalf unless you get desperate. I'm going to throw this out there for the entire house. I don't believe we're desperate enough. I don't believe we're desperate enough as a church. I don't believe we're desperate enough as a family. I don't believe I'm desperate enough as an individual. Maybe I haven't come to the place where, where I am at the place the challenge or the struggles are so great. Maybe I'm still independent. Maybe i still got my own answers. Maybe I haven't been pushed to the brink of where God's my only answer. How many ever had yourself at the edge where God was the only answer? He was the only way out. He was the only solution. He was the only opportunity. You had to see it turn around. You had exhausted everything. How many know that if she grew up in Canaan, and she grew up with idolatry, and she grew up with wickedness, she tried all she tried. 
I mean, I mean, no, if a mama was this desperate, she probably went and tried to find somebody who could bring her a solution. I mean, no, sometimes you've got to run out of everything. Here's what's interesting about the story. The Bible says that she becomes so desperate that while Jesus is passing through, she begins to encounter him. He didn't go looking for her. Y'all hear me? He didn't go there looking for her. He went out. He was departing, passing through the region. And she, the Bible said, cried out to him. Who initiated the contact? She did. You understand you can't have mega faith without desperation? And you can't have mega faith unless you're willing to close the gap between your need and your answer. You've got to close the gap. You can't sit there and say, Lord, come get my baby girl. Lord, come get my boy. We need some mamas to close the gap. That go from the need to the answer. Now here's what's beautiful about it. The Bible says that she cried out. You see that? You see where it says? She cried out to him. She cried out to him. But what did she cry? She cried, have mercy on me. Now somebody would say, well, she's, she's crying out for repentance. That's a wonderful thing. We do need some mamas that have a relationship with the Lord. We need mamas that cry out for mercy in their life. But see, the Lord dropped something on me. How many know I think outside most boxes? Love me. She cries out. In fact, that word cries out is, is an imperfect tense word. Because it doesn't mean just crying once. It means crying continually. So she didn't go to the Lord and just cry out one time, have mercy on me. She went out with a continual petition, crying out to the Lord to have mercy on her. And somebody said, well, that's a great cry for her to have repentance, and I understand that. But what if she's blaming herself for the demon possession of her child? There I go, outside that box. Because a lot of times mamas carry the burden for the decision that their children have made or the predicament that their children are in. Come on, be honest with me. Because mothers will sit back and reevaluate everything they ever did and the behavior of their child, and there are mothers in this room right now that need to be set free. And you need to be set free from this continual judging yourself with shame and guilt when you didn't make the decision for your child. Preach, preacher. Because, see, here's where this mother is, and it just rang into my spirit. What if she's carrying the burden that her child is demon-possessed because of her behavior, because of the mother's behavior? She cries out, have mercy. I can see it two different ways. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on my daughter. But she starts with, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely messed. I know she's there because of the need of her daughter. But how many know sometimes the mamas come to an altar and they've got a burden for their child, but they're also carrying the burden of how they might have failed? How many mothers in this room? 
have carried that burden of maybe you have failed. And you know what? You need to get rid of that. We need to lay that down. You may have failed in some areas. You may have come short in some areas. You may have missed it in some areas. But how long are you going to carry that baggage that you were not designed to carry? How long are you going to punish yourself for the continual behavior of one of your children? Somewhere you've got to come to the place and say, Lord, I did the best I could. And I may have failed in some areas, and I ask you to forgive me of that. And then you turn around and go to your child and say, look, I've heard Marcia do it. I've heard my wife do it to our two boys. Say, look, this thing didn't come with a manual. And I'll be honest with you. You say, well, the Bible's the manual. Yeah, but there's a lot of places in there that's not real descriptive on how to raise a boy or a girl, especially in a culture that is absolutely perverse at best. How many, how many would like to have a manual on how to parent? And you know what? We couldn't write one because every kid's different. Every temptation's different. Every trial's different. Every, someone said, well, teach me how to parent. I can teach you how to get on your knees, and that's a start. And the reality is you might just want to stay there. <laughs> Don't ever get up. Because you can't parent. Not in this culture. Not in this society. If you've got little kids, I feel it for the, the, this little generation. Oh, have mercy. But some mamas in this room that raised their hand. Let's do something right here. I know, I know I'm going to interrupt myself. Is that all right? Every mama that just raised your hand. Let's do this together. Let's release that. Let's, let's, let's release that guilt of failure. Let's release what has tied us down to feel like there's shame or condemnation because we weren't a good enough mother. You were an excellent mother and Satan's a liar. You're an excellent mother. You may not have made the right decisions and you might not have been behaving correctly yourself, but I'm going to tell you something. Repentance washes that away. And you've got to forgive yourself, moms. Forgive yourself. You say, well, I made some poor decisions. Yeah, but you weren't living right. You didn't have the relationship you have now. Am I right? So see, you made some decisions based on your best effort. Now you have a relationship with the Lord. Let Him wash your past away. And if you need to go to your daughter or your son and say, Look, I may have made some mistakes. I want you to forgive me. It'll be great cleansing, great restoration, and it might fix a relationship that is strained right now because you've been feeling this burden and you need to let it go. Father, with every mother in this room, I come before you right now. Father, I ask you to touch every mother that feels like they have failed, feel like they made mistakes, that they didn't do their very best in raising their son or their daughter. And I pray, God, right now that we'll release that. Lord, we may have failed. We may have messed up. But we ask you to forgive us for our failure, for our weakness. And we acknowledge right now we're not going to carry the burden, the weight, or the charge of our child's continued behavior. Right now we release it all back to you. We turn it loose. Satan, you will not torment me anymore.
You will not torment my thoughts. You will not torment my relationship with my child. You will not torment it anymore. I release it right now. And I will even go to my child and, and make it right. And I believe for a powerful restoration, Lord. A powerful restoration between mothers and sons and mothers and daughters. Father, release it all. Now, wherever you're at in this house, I want you to take 15 seconds right where you are, and I want you to release it. You say, how do I do that, Pastor? Just real simply, Lord, I give it back to you. I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm not going to be tormented by feeling like a failure anymore. Satan, you're a liar. I am a most excellent mother by the grace of God. And I release this. Come on, 15 seconds right there, moms. 15 seconds right there. 15 seconds right there. Hallelujah. Is this all right? Amen. All right, let me move on. You're like, why'd you do that? Because about 75% of the moms in this room put their hand up. We need some mega faith moms, but I can't have you in mega faith if you're carrying the past with you. The Bible says that this woman cried out, and when she cried out, she had to deal with some barriers, didn't she? Motherhood has its barriers. The first barrier she had to conquer was the barrier of silence. Because Jesus didn't respond to her. Her first encounter with the Lord, He did not respond. He was the Word that had no Word. Hello, somebody. He was the Word. But He had no Word for her. Moms, you're going to have to conquer the barriers of silence. There are times where God is silent with you, moms. I'll tell you this, there's times God's silent with all of us. And you better be able to conquer the barrier of silence. Silence is not always a denial. Sometimes silence is a platform for developing an ear to hear. Sometimes silence is the developmental program of God to test your faith. But she has to overcome the dealing of the silence because she cries out, said, Lord, have, have mercy on me. And then she drops a messianic title. She said, Oh, Lord, Son of David. That was reserved for the Jews. She dropped a messianic title on Jesus. Where did she learn that in Canaan? There's some things that you learn on the dark side. There are some revelations you still get when you were out of covenant with God. And some of you mamas had some, some words dropped into your spirit when you were trying to run from God. But they're not absent or void. They'll come back. You may have not even been connected with Christ in a relationship, but people were dropping revelations into you. Here's a woman who drops a messianic title that was reserved for Jews, and she still got a silence. That's painful right there. A silence. Now listen, the Bible says that, that he answered her not. The disciples now urging him, look, get rid of her. Her crying out, her desperation starting to annoy us. Desperate mamas. Why? Because it's their baby. Uh -huh. I've heard mama say, that's my baby. Don't you touch my baby. You touch my baby, I'll knock your block off. You Don't you mess with my baby. I know there's some mamas in here that went to the school system a few times. 
said, you lay your hand on my baby, I'm going to lay my hand on you. Huh? I know there's some mamas that have, that have fought for their children. I know there's some mamas, you don't mess with their babies. You mess with babies, mama's claws. That's what we always said at our house. Mama's claws come out, you in trouble. Because when mama gets her claws out, mama gets feisty. Why? Because a desperate mama. Ain't nothing like a desperate mama because you can have mega faith if you have desperation. But if you're going to have a mega faith, you cannot allow silence to hinder you. She got past the, the silence barrier and then the disciples say, Would you tell that woman to shut her mouth? She's an annoying person. Leave us alone. Jesus, tell her to go. She's dealing with rejection and won't quit. I need some women in this house who will not allow rejection to keep you quiet. We need some women in here with mega faith that will not allow a rejection to shut them down. That's why we stopped and prayed just a moment ago to break the shackles of rejection so that you can be the mama who's anointed, the mama who's full of mega faith, the mama who's designed to do great things for her kids. Come on now, stay with me for just a moment. I won't hold you much more. The Bible says that the, the disciples are like, look, turn her away. Get rid of her. She's driving me nuts. He still didn't answer. And when he does answer, he says to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What Jesus is saying to her is, listen, my first advent, my first purpose is to the Jews, not the Gentile. All throughout Scripture says Jesus was sent to the Jew first and then the Gentile. What Jesus is saying, it's not time. Remember when Jesus told his, his mother, it's not time? When she wanted him to do a miracle from turning the water into wine, he said, it's not my time yet. What Jesus is saying here, it's not that he's being rude. He said, I have a mission. It's Jew first and then Gentile. It's not my time to, to, to come and, and bring the gospel to the Gentiles. He said, I've got to exclusively do it this way. And even at that, she don't quit. Why? Because then she turns and falls before him and starts worshiping. You want to have mega faith? Be desperate. You want to have mega faith? Don't allow silence or insults to keep you from God. And if you want to have mega faith, you better learn to praise your way through it and worship your way through it and honor God all the way through it until you see the manifestation of the change. We need women who know how to praise God. I'm just telling you what she did. She came and worshipped him, and she said, Lord, help me. She submits again. Why? Because desperate folk like this woman don't know when to quit. I'm talking about persistence. I wonder if mega faith requires persistence. Says, I can't take no for an answer. Says, I won't allow it to separate me from anything. You can, you can say I'm an annoyance all you want. I ain't quitting. You can say I'm imperfect and I'm not deserving. It don't matter. I got a need and I'm going to get an answer. I got enough revelation to get me through. She didn't have the full understanding of all that Jesus was, but she had enough to know that idolatry wasn't going to help her. Secular humanistic stuff wasn't going to help her. Jesus, I've heard about him. I heard about him. I heard he was a, he was a miracle worker. He was sent from God. She had enough revelation to trigger her faith. The Bible says she worshipped him, said, Lord, help me. And then he answered her. Listen to this. He answered her. I love this about a woman because how many know a woman can't quit talking? 
Okay, that didn't go over real well. Fellas? Oh. So that's how we're going to be today. You're like, you're on your own, Pastor. I don't know. I I don't have nothing to say about that. Listen to what the Bible said. The Bible says, he answered her and said, you know, he, he responded, it's not my time. I came to the lost sheep of Israel. It's not time for me to go to the Gentiles. But she came, and, and now she's, she's come before him. She's worshiping him. She's saying, Lord, help me. And he speaks to her. And he said to her in verse 26, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. How many say that sounds really hateful for Jesus to say, you're a dog? But at the cultural point, the, the Gentiles were referred to as dogs. The Gentiles were referred to as dogs. Now, there were two classifications of dogs. See, if you read this at face value, you go, Jesus just called her a dog. That's rude. But there's two translated words for dog. One is the ravish dog that, that is wild and uncontrollable, a beast. And then there's a translation for dog that's more like what we would call domesticated, a house pet. You, you read your Bible, it's an interesting book. So when he calls her a dog, he's not calling her the vicious type of dog. He's calling her the house pet type of dog. Oh, that makes you feel better. Not really. But see, Gentiles were viewed as dogs. And Jesus said, listen, it's not good for me to take the bread from those who are chosen and give it to the dogs. Now, here's what I like about a woman. She don't know when to quit. And she just now out-talks Jesus. Look at verse 27. Now, he's testing her faith. But look at verse 27. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She said, yep, you're right. I am a dog. Yep, you're right. I am not classified to receive blessing. Yep, you're right. But, how many know every mama in this house knows how to do that? Well, I'll just tell you, but. And she right now is in a, a discourse of conversation with Jesus. Said, yep, you're right. I am a dog. I'm undeserving. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't get this. But, every dog gets a crumb. Now, I'm going to talk about perseverance right there. She wouldn't let that shut her down for nothing. Why? Because her need was significant. Her need was her daughter was demon-possessed, and she wanted her daughter set free. And Jesus tests her faith here, and she goes, Look, you're right. However, <laughs> however, the dogs even... see. Notice she made the statement, The dogs eat from the crumbs that fall off the table. Where's the dog? Yeah, but it's inside where the table is. Come on, y'all, pay attention. I ain't got time to break all this down. I got to get y'all to lunch. I, I, now, I break all this down. We here till about four, and then y'all like mad at me and walking out. My, my, I'm not secure. Can't deal with that. So here's the thing. The dog is in close relation to the table. What she's saying is, I may not be where I need to be in position or authority to the table, but I am close enough to get what falls from the table. She goes, look, 
I understand I'm a Gentile, and I understand you haven't come to save the Gentiles yet, and I understand the disciples are going to go to the Gentiles and win the Gentiles, and I understand your first advent is to get to the Jews, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm still under the table. See, every once in a while you've got to remind your, ta- your, your enemy because your enemy says you're not worthy. Your enemy says you're not worthy. Your enemy says you're not worthy or good enough to be a mother. I know the enemy has told some mamas in here you're not good enough to be a mama. You're not good enough to know what to do with mother. I'm going to tell you, about 3 o'clock in the morning when you can't get them to hush, how many know the enemy says, you don't know what you're doing? Come on. When their fever's about 103 and a half, and it's the middle of the night and the med stop ain't open, and there's some mamas going, I don't know what to do, and the enemy goes, you're right, you don't know, you don't deserve anything. You've got to remind your enemy, look, I may not be as deserving as you think, but there's some crumbs still under this table. That preach right there. <laughs> I may be the wrong race. I may have been rejected. I may have been dealing with all this insults and all the other things, but I'm not quitting. Look, mega faith don't give up. All right, let me tie this together, and I'm going to let you go to the house. This will be the earliest you ever get out of church at Five Stones, so don't get excited about it. I'm trying to get you to the restaurant. I did all that to get to 28. Verse 28. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great, mega is your faith. Now listen to what Jesus said. Let it be to you as you desire. Let it be to you as you desire. Moms, do you know what you want? What do you desire? What was the desire that got her to go after Jesus to start with? Her daughter was demon-possessed. So obviously, the motivating factor was to see her daughter back in right behavior and right mind. She wants her daughter set free from a demonic spirit. Is that right? Now, I'm going to mess you all up. Because here's what the Bible says. Jesus said, as you desire, let it be to you as you desire and the Bible said, and her daughter was healed from that very hour. Y'all see that? She was healed at that very hour. Did Jesus go visit the daughter? Did he go lay hands on the daughter? Did he even put any effort to go? No. What moved the hand of the Lord in behalf of the daughter? A mother. A mother that knew what she was desiring, but a mother who was anchored enough in the Word that she believed that whatsoever she desired, she could have. And then when Jesus said, all right, enough, I'll do it, she didn't question, and she received it without Him visiting the need. See, if you have mega faith, you believe he can visit the need without him going there personally to do it. Some of you are going to have to trust God to find your kids where they are. And Come on, somebody. Minister to them where they are without there being a whole rescue mat coming for them. Somewhere you just got to believe he's going to do it, except it's on the way, and thank him. Because when I read that, I went, most church folk don't have that kind of mega faith. Because if Jesus said, it's done. 
Y'all be like, really? How do I know it's done? And then you're going to want to look for results to prove it's done. She had to accept it without seeing the results in, in person. Now, how many know she went back home quick? She went back to put her eyes on the, the manifestation of the, of the mega faith that worked. And I believe her daughter was in right mind. I believe all was well. Two times the Lord ministered to Gentiles, and both times he called it mega faith. And then Jesus got frustrated later because he couldn't find that kind of faith in the Jews. Stand with me in this room, please. Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation.